0: Good morning. Roto Experts. To the end zone. It's done. It's done. It's done. Oh my goodness. The mark of fantasy excellence. You have to be careful about who you think is stepping forward on the depth chart. Yes. It's point for a touchdown! You are now tuned in to the Roto Experts. This is your time. Now go out there and take it. Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the Roto Experts on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I am Scott Engel, the Managing Director of RotoExperts.com. I am the king. I am fantasy. Uh, Glad to be back with you. Thanks for everybody who's been listening so far. Uh, For those of you just joining us for the first time, the Roto Experts will now be on demand every day with myself, Scott Engel, Monday to Friday. You'll be able to find it on all the platforms That you usually do find the Roto Experts in the morning. We couldn't go anywhere. Uh, Longest running uh, morning show in the industry will continue on now that football season is over. We're moving to podcasts only, and we'll be discussing a lot of off-season fantasy football, NFL draft, free agency, etc. Because if you go to rotoexperts.com, we are now uh, NFL 365 days a year with myself and Davis Maddock in the crew. Uh, Davis was brought on uh, to, as a uh, another featured uh, contributor. Davis is going to be covering a lot of NFL draft, dynasty, best ball. Uh, he's done a lot of betting work so far. So uh, adding a lot of great new angles to what we're already doing. And uh, we'll be NFL year-round. we got a, some exciting announcements coming up, so make sure you stay tuned to – make sure you stay logged on, not tuned, to RotoExperts.com for all of that. Uh, but for those of you uh, to follow RotoExperts for Fantasy Baseball, don't fret. I'm going to be talking a lot of fantasy baseball on this show, especially as we get closer with spring training and your drafts coming up. Uh, I'll be at Tout Wars again this year. In the mixed league auction, so I'll be talking about that as well. And uh, we'll be pointing you some great sites, uh, some friends of ours that do some great fantasy baseball work. Uh, the FNCR the Fantasy Sports Radio Network, we will also have some rankings available, but uh, we'll be pointing you some great directions for draft guides, etc. So uh, lots of reason to stick with us. Uh, You know, let's start out by talking some football today. Uh, I'll get to some of the the news uh, and some of my reactions to it in a little bit. But I just wanted to remind you that uh, every day on RotoExperts.com and the Fantasy Sports Network, we are doing a reveal of the top 100 fantasy football players of 2018. You can already find online on RotoExperts.com with video from the Fantasy Sports Network, Corey Parson, Jim Day, and Chris Ventra, the Fantasy Football Frenzy crew, go to RotoExperts.com, and you can find files for players 100 through 91, and yesterday, 90 through 81. They'll be talking about on the Fantasy Football Frenzy every day. We'll be posting player scouting reports and recaps on RotoExperts.com every day. We'll reveal 10 players a day, every weekday, up until next Friday, just before the Super Bowl, when the final 10-to-1 uh, is going to be revealed. Now, you may have a question. When you hear these and you view these, how did we come up with what was the top 100 fantasy players of 2018 for football? And it wasn't simple. Uh, we just didn't look at the top 100 overall scores. What we did was... We had our chief technical officer and full-time statistician, Arturo Galletti, who is a uh, very successful fantasy player himself, uh, churn up an algorithm, which uh, I then reviewed with him for some of the results. And it's not, it wasn't based just on pure ADP. It was based on where players were ranked or projected every single week how they did according to those expectations, and how they also did against the average players at their position. From there, myself, Jim Day, Davis Maddock, and Greg Sussman all made subjective tweaks. So when you look at this list, now nobody's ever going to agree on a full list, but you have to keep in mind what the expectations were for the player every week. If he's ranked very low, maybe he didn't meet expectations. Uh, also, what was the ownership of the player? How consistent? How consistently did he meet the league average for for uh, his position? How consistently did he meet where he was projected for every position? And you also have to take in amount of ownership, and you also have to take into account position scarcity as well, because uh, you know some of the quarterbacks went lower, some of the tight ends went higher so so you have to remember that as well. you know it was a very comprehensive formula that I could probably never explain to the layman, but uh, you know using using some, some comprehensive math and uh, and also some subjectivity, we came up with our t- top 100 fantasy football players of the 2018 season. I want to talk about three guys. Uh, who appeared in uh, yesterday's 90-81 to 81 that you can check out on com And uh, number 90 was Baker Mayfield. And the reason why I bring him up is uh, I believe Baker Mayfield's set to make a real jump to the point next year where he could possibly become a fantasy quarterback one. What impressed me most about Mayfield was as a rookie was just how quick he was mechanically and just mentally. In terms of in terms of mechanics, very quick setup, very quick release. Everything seemed to move fast for Baker Mayfield. The game slowed down for him very very quickly uh, once he got a chance to start, and it was very impressive in spreading the ball around to different receivers, etc. I feel like he could only get better in year two. Now, well, I'll throw some caution out there. You know, there's some some quarterbacks I've Seen in the past, that have performed very well early in their career. The league figures them out, and they don't adjust. Football is a constant game of adjustments. Defensive coordinators in the AFC North are going to be watching film of Mayfield and trying to pick apart some weaknesses they can exploit. That's what they're going to do during this offseason. So... You know he's still got something to prove here, but I really, really like the upside. The kid really shines. Jody can be clutch late in the year. Getting Hugh Jackson uh, out of town along with along with the offensive coordinator was big for for Mayfield. Now let's remember he was inconsistent down the stretch too, so that's why he's all the way down at ninety. Uh, and a lot of a lot of fantasy owners didn't have them have Mayfield on on their teams. Late in the season, I was actually able to pick him up for one of my championship games off of waivers. Late in the season, now in his last seven games, he did have three games where he where he uh, threw three or more touchdown passes, but also during that stretch, uh, he 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 also had a, a few games where he performed under 14 points. He had three games where he performed under 14 points late in the season. So consistency was an issue for Baker Mayfield from a uh, fantasy statistical perspective. Uh, You just can't look at everything in a vacuum and say, okay, I'd rather have Baker Mayfield at number 90. Well, and and then John Brown at 89, because John Brown really performed expectations, uh, for the first half of the season for where he was ranked, etc. So, yeah, but I think all good talking points, all good fun stuff to argue, but I do like Baker Mayfield heading into next year a lot. What I really do think, though, is this team has some salary cap room and they're still building, and the Browns have shown that they'll go out and be aggressive. I think they need one other receiver besides Jarvis Landry to really challenge defenses. You know, they have a got uh, – They had had the rookie Callaway who could really stretch the field. But Jarvis Landry was something of a disappointment. David Njoku has yet to be consistent. They have a lot of young receivers there. I think bringing in one more veteran. Now, you look at the free agency. Golden Tate is out there. But when you have a Jarvis Landry, do you really want to get a Golden Tate? That style of receiver, I don't know. I'd like to see Cleveland get one more receiver. Now, look. I'd love to see uh, Antonio Brown go to Cleveland, but I I don't think that's happening. That's obviously the big-ticket guy out there. But for even them to pick up, like I identify one guy in free agency, I think uh, one other reliable guy in that passing game to help them move the chains and also maybe tune to the young receivers could really help Baker Mayfield in that progression. I I think Dante Moncrief was in a really bad spot in Jacksonville, and I would like to see him a lot in Cleveland with Baker Mayfield. Number 84 on our top 100 was uh, Corey Davis of the Tennessee Titans. And Davis, a lot of hype so far and not enough production. Ranked lower on this list uh, because of expectations. Although expectations dropped throughout the year, I was never ranking the guy too high in my weekly rankings. Uh, But not enough consistency. Six double-figure games in the fantasy playoffs which we weighed a little bit higher uh, in our formula because it's very important. Uh, weeks 13 to 16 in our top 100, we weighed a little bit higher because those are very, very important weeks for fantasy players. In weeks 13, week 13, you had to clinch a playoff spot. Weeks 14 to 16, there were the playoffs. And in, uh, in three of those playoff weeks, Corey Davis had less than eight points. And you're going to need more from that. A lot of people talk about talent. Fantasy analysts will talk about talent. But uh, the production's got to be there. And recently I had this discussion about Amari Cooper and Doug Baldwin. People saying, you know, they'd rather have Amari Cooper. But I'd rather have a healthy Doug Baldwin. Amari Cooper, look, much better spot in Dallas. But consistency, still a little bit of an issue. Still a lot something to prove. If I know Doug Baldwin's healthy, Going into next year, that's going to be a really tight decision because Doug Baldwin has really proven it at a high level. You look at their careers so far, and it's not comparable. Martin Cooper has had the talent, but Doug Baldwin has killed him in terms of production. So it's not always just about pure talent. You know, we see guys with pure talent all the time, and they don't deliver. And then you see a guy like Doug Baldwin who went undrafted, and the way he performs – it's not always about talent. You know, sometimes it's just, you know, some of these guys have a really, really great work ethic. They might, they might not be the most talented guy on the field, but they're very intelligent in terms of the game, and they have a very hard work ethic. Because everybody's wired different, you know, when it comes to football players, uh, they are human beings. You know, all human beings are wired differently. But my point about Corey Davis is, you know, he's very, very raw. He's got an iffy quarterback situation too. Marcus Mariota has been up and down. He's been a very big part of that. So you have to take that into consideration as well. You're listening to the Roto Experts uh, Daily Fantasy Podcast uh, with Scott Engel. I am the king. I am fantasy. Uh, talking about the top 100 fantasy football players of 2018, 90 to 81, which is now on the website. Number 82 is another guy I want to talk about, Dante Pettis. Uh, Dante Pettis in weeks 12 and 13 had a combination of uh, nine catches for 206 yards and three touchdowns in those two games. Huge game against Seattle in week 13. Uh, I was actually uh, saw that live and was really impressed by Dante Pettis' open field years, uh, his big playability, and watching Dante Pettis this year – he really has a nose for a big play, whether it's in the open field or whether it's catching a clutch ball in the, in the end zone. Dante Pettis just has something special, I think. Uh, Dante Pettis is a guy that wants the football when when it when his team really needs an important play, and uh, I think Nick Mullins really realized that. Uh, he had four touchdowns in weeks 12 through 15 this season – Before suffering a season-ending injury, he should be all right for next year. But I really, really like Dante Pettis' upside for next year. Garoppolo is going to come back. Uh, He's going to have Goodwin. He's going to have Pettis. Uh, This team can use a more dependable pass catcher, I believe, you know, to move the chains. But I really, really like what I saw about Dante Pettis immediately. Now, look, he's got to prove it over a full season. It's like I said with Baker Mayfield – Sometimes, in any position, a guy can have a really, really rookie, good rookie year, and then you don't know what you're going to get from him the rest of the way in his career. So uh, defense is going to be prepared for Dante Pettis, but I think he's going to be up to the challenge. He can only get better in year two. Uh, I, I really if you're going to draft Dante Pettis as a wide receiver for next year. I like it. In dynasty leagues, uh, I would try to trade for Dante Pettis, or if I had him, uh, the, you know, this is somebody I just wouldn't give away in, in a keeper league. Uh I think he's one of those guys you push off the up the board after all the keepers are there. But if you don't have a if you don't have a great third keeper and you picked off Dante Pettis in free agency in your keeper league and you only lose, say, a last round pick for Dante Pettis, I would I would keep the I would keep the kid. I, I really like what I saw of him this year. Uh I think, you know, he's, he's going to continue to score touchdowns for the San Francisco 49ers, who should be a lot better next year. Let's move on to uh, some some football news here, and just some of my reactions uh, to it as well, and uh, looking ahead to the future for it as well. Uh, the Chiefs uh, fired defensive coordinator Bob Sutton. Uh, look, I don't like to see anybody uh, lose their job, but in the NFL, as we've seen, uh, guys could always pick up other jobs when they lose one. But I had said all along, and some Chiefs fans did not like this. Uh, I spoke to a few of them on social media. And by the way, you can always interact with the show on social media, Twitter at X, And I'll address your questions or comments the next day. This show, you're a part of it. I want to hear from you at ScottyRotoX uh, every day. And uh, whatever you say, I'll be glad to address on the show. Uh, you're a part of the show and we can make it interactive. But uh, with with Bob Sutton, you know this had to happen. Uh, they, they had a very good defensive line, tied for the NFL in sacks with fifty five with Pittsburgh. D Ford says he wants to come back. Uh, we'll have to wait and see if that happens. But this team has a lot of concerns. What I was really worried about is that they couldn't get a defensive stop when they needed it. I thought that could cost them in the playoffs, and that's exactly what you could what what you. Uh, you talk about what we saw in these playoffs. yeah, uh, you know, very talks about D four jumps jumping off sides. But we're, we're not even talking about that if they get a defensive stop. This team could not get a defensive stop against the Patriots when it counted. And in the NFL, in the playoffs, it very often comes down to who can get a defensive stop. For all those complaining about the Saints call, they didn't stop the Rams. They didn't stop the Rams after they got the ball back in the fourth quarter. I understand why you complain about the call, but let's keep in mind that you know they didn't stop the Rams from marching down the field, and they also turned the ball over in overtime. So it's not just the call that lost them the game. They, you know they could they only scored three points in the fourth quarter, and the the Saints could have get defensive stop would it would have mattered. You know, which surprised me uh, because I thought they had a very very good defense. But you know I'm not going to get into all the talk about. The, the call, etc. If they did get the call, they could probably could have ran out the clock. Uh, it was a bad call. But they had other chances to win the game. They did. So you have to take that into consideration. The Chiefs, just they just couldn't stop anybody when it counted. The the, the defense was awful all year, and that's why I thought ultimately they were not going to go to the Super Bowl. Uh, I had actually predicted Indianapolis to beat them, but the, the defense played over the heads that day and uh, did very well. Now, uh, there's talk that, a uh, you know, report by Adam Schefter that Rex Ryan could be the next guy to uh, become their defensive coordinator. Uh, Ryan has a great background as a consistent coach. Uh, he was a d- defensive line coach for, two, for the, the legendary 2000 Ravens defense. Uh, he was voted assistant coach of the year uh, as a defensive coordinator in, in, by two prominent outlets, and in 2005 but then when he went to become a head coach he got off to a great start uh he took the jets to two consecutive afc championship games uh had an 11-5 record uh second best record in team history got off to a great start jet fans like to brag oh we went to two afc championship games uh the, if that's the best you can brag about in 50 years you know the the franchise has been hurting but still it was impressive for ryan to do but then he, he didn't have a winning season after that. He only he had six five hundred or less seasons after that. He was four two in the playoffs that's impressive, as a present, but sixty one and sixty six as a head coach. Ultimately too much of a lightning rod, but to be a defensive coordinator, you know, I often believe, and you know, other football and fantasy football and football analysts talk about this too. I believe he'd be a better defensive coordinator than head coach. So so I think uh that's a good move. Ryan's been out of the game for two seasons. If he's not the head coach, he can't be as much of a lightning rod. He'll always find a way to be a lightning rod. But, you know, if this guy goes, I think he can get back in the game as a defensive coordinator. Uh, You know, for him, there's a lot more to handle that people don't realize as a head coach, organizationally, etc. Take all those things off of uh, Rex Ryan's plate. Let him do what he does well. I'd be very in favor of seeing him come to Kansas City, uh, they're obviously going to have to dress the defense of the offseason. He can recreate it in his vision, and the Chiefs can become a real Super Bowl team, I think, if they become get Rex Ryan, because he's going to want his guys in there to play defense. They're going to want it to play in his system. And uh, when he's a coordinator, you know, he can be a player's coach. His players will run through a wall for him. Uh, he won't have to deal with all the head coaching kind of stuff. May not be in the press as much. He won't be in New York. So ultimately, I think it's a good move. There's reports that uh, Dole Gaines could join Adam, Adam Gase uh, as the uh, offensive coordinator for the New York Jets. This uh, should only make Jet fans groan more. Uh, for those of us to have uh, Sam Darnold in dynasty leagues, not the greatest thing to see. Uh, Dole Gaines, you know, was the offensive coordinator of Miami, and before that, Chicago. It uh, didn't do too well. ESPN in November of 2017, uh, as quoted, pointed out on uh, one Jet site, uh, voted him the the worst play caller in the entire NFL. Yeah, is this a guy you really want to see to come? The Jet fans are upset enough about Jace to bring the offensive coordinator also failed with him in Miami. Uh, raising a lot of question marks on what the Jets are doing, but I, with the Jets, they're always raising question marks about what they're doing. So there's nothing new to see there. Uh, John Gruden, according to public reports, uh, knows, knows that, uh, that Jared Cook is going to be heading out in free agency. He, he uh, would like to keep him, but he's expecting for him to text the market. And uh, Jared Cook consistency is still a, an issue, but as fantasy players know, tight end is not a not a position where you're going to come across an impact pass catcher every day. And I think NFL teams know that as well. So I have uh I have five good landing spots, I believe, for Jared Cook. I'll start off with the Dallas Cowboys. And you'll say, Scott, you know, they really like Blake Jarwin, but they can run two tight end sets. And I believe Jared Cook is like a perfect fit for the Dallas Cowboys. He has they have some salary cap room. I don't know if they'll think of making this move either, but He's a perfect fit. He's a big target, and they could use him a lot in the red zone. As any Cowboys fan will tell you, that team had a lot of trouble in the red zone last year. Jared Cook would actually be a perfect fit. Uh, They could have a a trio of Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup stretching the field, and and Jared Cook as that big target, and... That, that would really give the Cowboys more of a complete offense. I believe they're missing. I like Michael Gallup. I, I think he's going to continue to improve. He really impressed me in the playoffs. At his career game, he caught a touchdown pass in the first round, and a career game in the second round. But uh, to have a big target like Jared Cook uh, near in, in the goal line and for key passing downs for Dak Prescott, I think it's a perfect fit. If not Dallas, I think the Seattle Seahawks, who have some cap room and are going to clear up another, I think that's a great fit for them. Uh, you saw what Jimmy Graham did uh, last year with Russell Wilson. He caught 10 touchdown passes, but I, I think you know, there's guys like Will Disley on this roster, Ed Dixon, Nick Finette all tight end two types. Uh, I believe Russell Wilson can really use a big target on key downs and, in, and near the goal line. Uh, just just like Dak Prescott should, uh, I think Jared Cook will be more effective outside the twenties than Jimmy Graham was for them in 2016. So I I think the Seahawks are a great fit for Jared Cook as well. Uh, also, the Arizona Cardinals—they uh, really don't have an impact pass-catching tight end there. Uh, they come in with Kingsbury can get a really really nice big target for his young quarterback. Uh, I think the Cardinals would be a good spot as well. Uh the Houston Texans, you know, they've been they've been they've been fumbling around with different tight ends, etc. Uh yeah, you know, another good fit there. Can you imagine healthy Will Fuller, DeAndre Hopkins, and Jared Cook would really balance out that passing game nicely. Uh I'd like to see the Texans be aggressive in free agency and come up with another running back to replace Lamar Miller and then maybe get a Jared Cook. If, you know, I, I talked about the Houston Texans on yesterday's podcast, and you said, you know, maybe that's a guy that should go after, Tevin Coleman or Mark Ingram. Uh, I, I think the Texans, you know, they're, they're not only like a secondary away from the Super Bowl. I think they need one or two more offensive pieces uh, to help out. Uh, Deshaun Watson, of course, they have to address the offensive line first and foremost. So, will Jared Cook be high on their priority list? I don't know. And also, the Buffalo Bills, uh, you could really use a guy like that for jo- Josh Allen as well. Uh, and from a fantasy perspective, I think you would roll up a ton of targets if you were to play for the Buffalo Bills. So, uh, you know, my top five landing spots for Jared Cook Dallas, Seattle. Arizona, Houston, and Buffalo. Is there anybody that I missed? Let me know on Twitter at X. and uh, you know, I'll uh, I'll read and respond to your your comments because uh, you're part of this show, like I said. And uh, yeah, maybe there is somebody I missed when I was talking about this. Uh, moving along, uh, Gruden also says he's unsure if Marshawn Lynch is going to return in uh, 2019 if he's going to continue to play. Uh, It is uh, 2016. He did have 891 rushing yards, seven touchdowns, uh, was was injured for a lot of this year. Uh, Lynch is not what he used to be in terms of his burst. Uh, He's going to be 33 years old. But uh, I guess you take a year off because he did miss the year off. Uh, Look, nobody knows what Marshawn Lynch is going to – is going to think for sure. he got to play a year and a half in his hometown. That's what he wanted to do. Marshawn Lynch has accomplished everything a running back would want to accomplish, you would believe. He's won a Super Bowl. Uh, He's been the centerpiece of a team. He's played in his hometown. So what does Marshawn Lynch want to do next? It's it's really up to Marshawn Lynch. Does Marshawn Lynch want to uh, extend his Hall of Fame resume by doing what Frank Gore did? That's very, that's very possible uh, by showing he can play the 33 or 34. Uh, and there's a Hall of Fame case to be made for Marshawn Lynch because you could argue that from 2011 to 2014, he might have been the best running back in the NFL. Certainly there wasn't a better big game running back. Adrian Peterson rolled up bigger numbers at times, but Marshawn Lynch in the fourth quarter of games and in the playoffs was, was huge. And uh, from 2011 to 2014, over 1,012, 1, 012, over 1250 rushing yards or more and uh, 48 touchdowns during that span. Uh, Marshall Lynch had some very good years to the point where he, he's going to have a he's have strong case uh, to be in trying can, especially for what he did in the postseason, where the lights were the brightest. Uh, but he may want to continue here. they're there are teams out there that may want to take a flyer on him to play part time. Uh, you know, he was never the full featured back for the Raiders. He was their number one, but they always sprinkled in other guys. Uh, the last year they brought in Doug Martin. So really only Marshawn Lynch knows. So, and uh, it really depends on who you are in the media, what he's going to tell, what he's going to do. Uh, so moving on to some, some other stories. Uh, the New York Post. Uh, talking to Eli Manning's agent, Tom Condon. And uh, Tom Condon says he believes Eli will be back with the Giants for 2019. We already heard reports from the Giants front office that, that they believe that he will be back for next year. So this is not something Giant fans want to hear. They want to move in another direction. But you just have to remember how bad quarterback is in the NFL. And, uh, you know, Eli Manning is still a veteran and if he, uh, Eli Manning is still a veteran and if he, if he comes back and, uh, the Giants draft young running back, he can act like as a, a bridge or b a player coach. Now you look at some of these mock drafts, uh, Dwayne Haskins, Drew Locke going to the, uh, the Giants at number six might be hard for the Giants to get Haskins because there's all this talk that, uh, you know, that this is Tom Coughlin's guy, that that's who he wants to draft. But, uh, you know, what's going to happen with Nick Foles if uh, if they grab Nick Foles, you know, do they still draft Haskins? I think it's a legitimate question to ask, but the Giants will have ch- probably a choice of Haskins or Locke, etc. at number six. And uh, you want to have the veteran quarterback there just in case the rookie goes out there and he doesn't perform well enough to play in his first year. At least the Giants can go to the to a veteran that they're somewhat comfortable with. Everybody wants to run Eli out of town in New York and New Jersey right now, but there's not anything better really on free agency uh, unless – look, you hear see some Giant fans say they want to go after Nick Foles – but uh, does Nick Foles want to play for the Giants or do the Giants really want Nick Foles organizationally? I don't know if that's the way that they're looking. You know, Nick Foles put together a great story, but I think the Giants are looking for the quarterback of their future. And Nick Foles is a guy more if you want to win now, I think. And the Jaguars feel they have other pieces around them where they can get back in contention immediately. Say what to bring it in to Nick Foles. So that that's something to consider. But it looks like Eli will be back with the Giants. There's a possibility he might have to take a pay cut to do it. And yeah, you know, maybe after all these years, you know, maybe he will give the Giants a hometown discount. So we'll have to wait and see on that. But uh bad news for some Giant fans. Uh, I believe uh, that Eli Manning is going to be back with the team. They just they just need to be build up. Build right at that spot because everything else is there. They have a generational running back. They have a generational wide receiver. they got other pieces around them they are just missing the quarterback. But, of course, they also still have to address the offensive line too. You know, that's the thing with the Texans and the Giants is they both have to address the offensive line, and that's going to be huge for both of them. So, uh, you know, but this is also going to play into where people – Draft Eli Manning. A lot of times these rookie quarterbacks are coming out of college and uh, they can start right away for an NFL team. And that's why Eli Manning is the perfect pick to to stay with the team. He can mentor the young kid. uh, If the young kid comes in like a Haskins or a Lock, and they can play right away and uh, be more effective than Eli Manning, then Eli just finally goes to the bench. If not, if the rookie isn't ready, then you you have to use Eli for a little longer. Uh, I think that's a situation a lot of NFL team wants. You know, I say I say until my head hurts that there's just not not a lot of good quarterbacks out there. You know, it's like I I've 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 seen fans saying, you know, we don't want to give our quarterback a big contract when it's coming up. You know, what else is out there? Like you know, I I've, look I've seen this with Seahawks fans saying we don't want to give Russell Wilson thirty million dollars you know what he was contract extension you know what do what 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 are, what are they going to do what are they, it's ridiculous to me you know what are they going to do you're going to take a guy who's one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL and you're not going to re-sign him what else is out there there's nothing out there in free agency comparable to Russell Wilson there's nothing you want to start over in the draft it absolutely makes absolutely no sense uh, whatsoever now what Tom Brady did was is that he worked out his contract so the Patriots could continually get more pieces around him. But you have to look at the fact that like the top six quarterbacks in terms of payment did not make the playoffs this year. Although they made them in recent seasons. There are other reasons why. Uh, Some people point to Matt Ryan, but that team had a lot of injuries this year. Uh, You know, there's a school of thought. That getting that uh, getting that quarterback and paying him all that money destroys the rest of the team around him. But uh, there's more factors than to just look at that. Uh, that just look at that uh, in a vacuum. You know, sometimes they, they pay other players outside of the quarterback. So that that's a uh, that's something to look at as well. So a lot. Uh, a lot, uh, a lot for the, uh, a lot for the Giants to look at in that regard. Now, also, uh, you know, that's it for football today. I'll uh, be talking some more football tomorrow. And uh, like I said, don't worry because we're going to talk some fantasy baseball. Uh, not a lot of big news out there yet. We're, we're less than three weeks away for pitchers and catchers. But one thing that caught my eye is, uh, is that as Drubo Cabrera signed a one year contract with the Texas Rangers, uh, will not be back with the New York Mets. Uh, He had said on social media that, uh, that, uh, that he wanted to stay with the Mets. But once the Mets uh, got Jed Lowry, we can just hope that he stays healthy and makes a good transition to the National League. Uh, that his rumors was probably that it was his ticket out the door. Uh, the Rangers are looking at him. He can play all over the diamond, but he's going to replace the entire Adrian Beltran for third base for what looks like at least the first half of the season. Uh, the Rangers probably won't be a contending team, and, uh, and uh, you know, maybe he'll get traded at the deadline. Yeah, you know, This is a guy that, he still has position eligibility, fantasy baseball wise, in the middle infield. So you'll be able to use him there. And while he's th- while he's up there in age, he's still hitting for a lot of power. It's, I have had Cabrera on a few of my teams over the last few years. Was always able to get him in the later rounds. Very very happy with the production. Uh, you take a look at some of his numbers last year. The batting average dropped, especially when he went to Philadelphia. But still, two sixty two overall with 23 home runs at 175 and uh, 75 RBIs in uh in a in 147 games. Uh once in a while he does get hurt. But I'll I'll take that from a middle infielder in fantasy just about any time. You can get him a little late round to the middle infield. Uh just hope he stays healthy, going to a better hitting environment uh in Texas. But look, the power is there in City Field, which is a little bit more of a pitcher's park. Uh, I think you pretty much can count on this guy for uh, a nice floor of 260 and about 20 home runs. Uh, his hitting profile really hasn't changed too much over the years. Uh, so I think a good signing for Texas. Uh, now he makes it into the AL only pool for you leaguers as well. And uh, rumors still out there about where JT Real Muto is going to go. Uh, there's five teams interested reportedly in the services. Most recently, the Dodgers. Uh, but JT Real Muto has wanted out of Miami since last season, since like last offseason, you know, when that team cleaned house otherwise. And, uh, you know, he stuck it out with the Marlins because the Marlins just apparently are asking for the mood for this guy. Uh, because to get a catcher like that, who's just all around, Now fantasy players don't, but major league owners know it even more. That you know that this guy is a rarity. He's one of the top catchers in the game. He's even got some speed. He's a great two-way player. He can be a big difference maker. But you know, a lot of teams moved on when they realized the asking price. You saw Wilson Ramos get signed, etc. Uh, Whether the Mets were really going after JT Realmuto, and and then he decided, look, the price is too high. Let's get Wilson Ramos. The Dodgers have got Russell Martin, but maybe they're still interested in JT. So that's uh, something else uh, to watch, wait, and see. We'll be talking a lot of baseball continually on the Roto Experts uh, here on the On Demand podcast on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Thanks for listening today. We'll be here five days a week. Like I said, uh, hit me up at at Scott E. Roto X. And uh, we'll see you tomorrow on the Roto Experts in the morning right here on demand on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network.